that'll be quiet enough of that. Everybody back to your seat. Wow, how many believe you're in the best place in the world this morning? Amen. Wow, it is so good to see you all. Welcome to the Hills. I'm Phil Brasfield. Love to have my wife, Kathy, uh, with me today. And uh, we are just delighted to, to be here and see you all and see familiar faces and some new faces that we haven't met before. Hopefully we can get your name and, and faces. And we're part of the pastoral oversight team here at the Hills. And uh, beyond that, we're just in love with your pastors and uh, in love with their family. And, and consequently, we're in love with you all. And uh, how many believe you got the greatest pastors in the entire world right here? Amen. I know you do. I know you do. And I just appreciate so very much, and on behalf of the family, let me just express their deep uh, gratitude and appreciation to all of you for your love and the showering of love and support and uh, just rallying behind them during this difficult season. If you've ever lost someone, of course, we don't lose people in the kingdom, right? I mean, as a matter of fact, God knows where they are, and uh, we haven't lost them, uh, and we know where they are. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times when we think about passing, I I text John and Kristen during the process of Brother Haskell's home going, and I said, you know, it it takes a lot longer to pass than it does to get there, you know. And, uh, And the fact is, all of us live our lives through... Uh, looking through a lens uh, in this world of pain and suffering. But, you know, I think when the believer passes, it's just a matter of God bringing life into focus. And we really begin to live. And so that veil that's been blurred by the difficult moments of our life are all wiped away, and suddenly we can see life for what it really is. Amen? And life has a name. His name is Jesus. Amen. And so we appreciate so very much all of you and your love for them and the way that you've supported them. And I know you'll continue to do that, and we encourage you to do that, continue to pray for them. And, of course, the memorial service is this uh, this Wednesday, and I think they're going to put a slide up to give you the location and the times. All the churches invited. I know it would be a great... Uh, great encouragement for them, those of you who are able to be off work and can come over and be with them and celebrate this home going uh, with the family. We encourage you to do that. Also, uh, I was going to mention, just remind you that uh, how many believe that it's a great time uh, on New Year's Eve? And first of all, thanks for being here because you could be anywhere on New Year's Eve. And, and so you could be home around your fire, but thanks for coming and hanging out with us at our fire. And uh, how many feel it's warmer in here than it is out there, right? I was just so glad that SUV started this morning because I, I would have hated to have called somebody and say, I need a boost. <laughs> that might be bad for the preacher to need a boost on Sunday morning. But... Uh, I was glad it started, and you could be anywhere, but you're here, and I think you're in the best place you could possibly be today. And we're kind of kind of doing a little preliminary to a kickoff uh, of a new series that Pastor John's starting uh, next week on uh, the best year ever. How many are ready to get out of this year and get into next year? Amen. How many want to do it with a roar? And and uh, yeah, yeah. And so I believe that this year, as a matter of fact, that's coming up is going to indeed be your best year ever both individually and as a church. And so that's what we've set our agreement to. And I'm going to talk a little about that this morning. But I just want you to get excited and ready for this new series that's coming. And also there'll be 21 days of fasting and consecration that are connected to that series. And so it's a great time if you've never done it before. It's a great time for you to plug in and to get into the flow of the spirit of what God is doing at the hills. And there's no better way to do that than to tell your flesh, no, push that pie back, push that, you know, um, or or whatever the... the, uh, 
the taffy uh, bread pudding that we had last night about 11 o'clock with ice cream and... Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I, you need to stay out of those. You know, the Marriott's got great stuff, and you need to stay out of that menu at about. After, it's like after nine o'clock, keep the dining in room dining thing closed. You know, just don't look. And I saw that, and we actually debated and put it off for about twenty minutes, thinking the urge would pass. <laughs> and it's like at twenty one minutes, I was on that phone and saying it did not pass, and so. Uh, it was something else on a plate. <laughs> it was really good. So that's, uh, you know, I knew this fasting thing was coming up and like the beginning of the year, so you got to get it all in, right? So we kind of caught up. So make sure you plug in to, uh, to the whole uh, thing that the church has got going that will really kick off the new year right. And uh, I, I just am excited about what God is doing at the hills. Yeah. Amen. I know we don't get to come as much as I'd like to get to come, but I'll tell you what, I, I talk to John and Kristen all the time, and uh, they, their, their excitement is contagious. And uh, there's just some great things coming. As a matter of fact, as I got up yesterday morning at the hotel, I felt the, the Lord give me a word, and it's not my message. So you're going to get two words for the price of one today. Is that all right? Amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of Zechariah, and I'm just going to share a scripture. I'm not going to comment on it. And I do believe this is a prophetic word for this church for this year. And so, scribes, let it so be written and, uh, and recorded. And we'll see what God does with it, because it certainly wasn't in the flow of my message for today. But uh, how many believe we'll just let God do what He wants to do? Zechariah chapter number 6. Thank you for helping me not push that cup off. <clears throat> Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12. And this is what the, the word of the Lord came to me for this church in this new season that you're about to enter into. Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. From his place he shall branch out. And he shall build the temple of the Lord. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. And he shall bear the glory. And shall sit and rule on his throne, so that he shall be a priest on his throne. The implication is that he is both king and priest. And that he will rule as king and reign as king while serving as priest. That there will be a priestly office. Of course, this is prophetically speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who came and we just celebrated his birthday. He shall be a priest on his throne and the council of peace shall be between them. There's not two people being talked about in that passage. It's between the role of king and priest, there shall be a council or an agreement of peace. I believe that God is going to do something so profound at the hills in the coming year that we're going to see God rule from his temple in such a way and administer the priestly sacrifices in such a powerful way that there will be a prevailing atmosphere of expanded deep peace. Amen. How many know the world's looking for peace? Amen. Some of you today may be looking for peace. Well, let me tell you, you're going to find it here. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to find it here. Not that this is the only place you can find it, but you're going to find it here in this coming year. Amen. All right, I'd like you to stand with me, and I want to have you turn to the book of Psalms. And so take that, whatever that means. <clears throat> 
Well, it's New Year's Eve. Let's read a passage that's perhaps one of the best New Year's uh, passages in all the Bible. And I'm going to just, uh, if I can, I'm just going to coach you a little bit today. You've got the best preacher in the world right here that pastors this church. So I'm not going to try to pr- win a preaching Grammy or anything uh, today. I just want to coach you a little bit. That's largely what I do is coach leaders. And I want to coach you all because you all have a leadership con- uh, component in your life if you're breathing and have a pulse. And uh, and so I want to read a few verses here. Psalms chapter 1, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. This idea of meditation is not just thinking or contemplation, but it's active meditation, prayer. It's what we would see the Orthodox Jews do when they cover their heads with a talita at the wailing wall. That's that's the idea that's being... In other words, it's brooding, brooding, uh, contemplating. That it's, it's more than just thinking about it. He meditates on the Lord's law day and night. And then we turn, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers or channels multiple streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does shall prosper. So let's just pray together, and we'll receive the word of the Lord today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's in this room. Thank you, Lord, for this great assembly, this great group of people, God. The sweetness that's here, Lord, it's an aroma. You smell it when you come in the doors. Thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, it's not everywhere, but it's certainly here. And we thank you for those who've come today, and we ask that you would let us break into this new year, Lord, for the best year we've ever had in your presence. Lord, we receive your word today with gladness and declare that we will be a receptacle of your word and good soil for the planting of your word, and it will produce fruit in our life. In Jesus' mighty name we declare, amen. High five about two people and tell them, get ready for the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Well, let me break this passage down for you just quickly from a coaching perspective because really that's what's happening here with the psalmist is he's giving us a little direction. And I love passages that, because being a coach by nature, I love passages that kind of tell you what not to do and then tell you what to do. Uh, that's, it makes it simple for me, and I'm a simple guy. I like it simple. Uh, the counsel of the God, ungodly essentially speaks of the plans, opinions, and purposes of the wicked, the godless. He says, happy, and boy, that's a fact. Can I get an amen for that? If you've ever done stuff that stupid people told you to do, then you probably know that you're happier when you don't do it. Uh, blessed is the man who walks. Can I say stupid? Is that all right? Stupid. It, it, listen, I wasn't talking about anyone in this building, but... He, he who, blessed, happy is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The plans, opinions, and purposes of the wicked or the godless. You know, godless people think different than we should think. The phrase is actually speaking of your associations and your influences. The things that are in all of us are being influenced by something and someone. And you have to watch that. Did you know Psalms 33 verse 1 says that the counsel of the Lord stands forever? When you're listening to the wrong voices in your life, they're not going to stand for long, and they may get you in more trouble than you can get yourself out of. 
And so you have to watch it. And this year, as we move into the year, watch your influences. Watch the people that are speaking in your life. Watch what you're feeding your spirit. And that can be, listen, you can watch too much news. Can I get an amen? You can watch too much of that junk. And the truth is, if you change channels, it'll be different news. It's all different stuff, and it's all with an agenda. You've got to watch people that are speaking into your life with an agenda with an agenda. You have to listen to what God says in your life. So watch, ideas are contagious. Ideas, I I remember when the kids were small and beginning to date, I always told them to be careful who you date because you can't help who you fall in love with. And anyone who's ever fell in love with the wrong person, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I think I wished I hadn't hung out with them long enough to start to like them. They're not likable people. I just, what happened? I was in a trance. I mean, what happened to me? Yeah. You have to watch your influence. Everybody say, watch your influences. All right, the second thing is, or stands in the path of sinners. This is your patterns and practices. Your patterns and practices. Being friends to sinners is different from living in their patterns and their practices. And walk. We are commanded that Jesus was a friend of sinners, right? But he didn't walk in their patterns and their practices. In other words, your patterns and the practices that you allow to be formed in your life will form your destiny. And your future will be largely defined by how you allow those things to be established in your life. It's not rocket science. So you've got to watch the influencers in your life. You've got to watch what you're allowing to be fed into your spirit. And then you have to gauge and analyze the patterns and practices of your life. And that's what, that's what discipleship is all about. That's why you need to be more than a decision for Christ. You need to be a disciple of Christ, right? You need to, make, you need to do more than just make a quality decision. And, you know, and, 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 and I mean, I'm all about cards and fill out the cards, by the way, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you just make a decision to serve him. But there also is that point where we decide to be more than just a decision. I wonder about people who, you know, your conversion, it's like we need a magic decoder ring and a thesaurus to figure out if you love Jesus, you know. There ought to be a change in your life. It's, discipleship is illumination of the soul. Amen. You can make a decision and be instantly transformed as your spirit is renewed and your spirit is, is, is made alive again in Christ, but then you've got to change all that whacked out, weirded out, twisted thinking that's got... And can I get an amen? Amen. You got to... I mean, it's that stuff that's messed you up. How many know you get saved and your spirit's instantaneously changed, but you get up from the altar with the same messed up thing head you had when you got saved? That's why you have to be discipled. So we're illuminating the darkness, and the enemy dwells in darkness. And so we illuminate the darkness of your soul, those thinking patterns and practices that are the things that will keep you defeated and keep you in bondage. So there's a lot of people that Jesus is their Savior, but the devil's their Lord. Because they are victimized by broken thinking patterns that have caused the chaos in their life. And they've learned that love doesn't, love means this. When the Lord says, no, it doesn't mean this, it means this. And so that's why you have to trust God's word and begin to align your practices and your patterns to the foundation of what God's word says. And be, you know, Paul says it this way in Romans, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing, not of your spirit. That's happening at the cross, right? That's happening when you get saved. You have to be transformed through the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so you've got you to you watch your practices, and that's what he means 
when he says, stands in the path of sinners. Uh, it's the patterns and practices. And then the third thing is sits in the seat of the scornful. And this speaks of attitudes. And I think a- April mentioned that so, so well about attitudes. Look your neighbor and say, how about your attitude? What's your attitude like? <laughs> your attitude is about 90% of your success in life. What wisdom the psalmist gives us? What simple wisdom? We're talking about New Year resolutions and all that stuff, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about this morning. But I thought as I kind of broke it open and kind of got the introduction underway, I wanted to go back to the Scripture and just for some simple coaching. It's like, look, watch your influencers, watch your patterns, and how many want to be successful in the new year? You want to have a rocking new year. Well, let me give you a clue. Watch what's influencing your life. Begin to purge some of that junk out. Get what God wants to say into your heart and believe what He says. Watch the patterns and practices of your life and make sure that you're not walking like an Egyptian. Right? And and then uh, be sure that your attitude is defined by what you believe and not what you're going through. Be sure it's defined by what you believe and, and not what you're going through because together these things will determine your success and will determine your destiny in the new year and in every year for that matter. Now, the interesting thing is then the writer turns and says, okay, let me tell you what to do. Let me tell you how to do that. He says, seek God. That's why we're going into 21 days of fasting and consecration. It's not, it's not that we do something to put God... You know, fasting's not a... First of all, fasting doesn't move God. I can tell you, well, we're fasting so God will move. God already wants to move. Fasting won't move God. Fasting will move you. Fasting will realign you. It will realign your flesh. And it will... That's fasting's for you. It's not for God. We're not putting God like blackmailing God. It's like, God, well, I did my 21 days of fasting, God. You better give me a good year. You owe it to me because I didn't eat that Big Mac. I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously, don't fall into the trap thinking that you can blackmail God or that God God don't owe you anything. And, and He's the best He's ever going to do for you. He's already done it. The Calvary, right? I mean, you should have been on the cross, but instead it was Him. He's the best. So the worst thing that could have ever happened to you happened to Him. And that's already done. So we, God's already made his mind up about what he wants to do for you in, in 2018. You just got to... And so fasting helps you align yourself to what God wants to do. And it's so simple. Seek God. He says, this man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. Then he begins to say, notice what he says, the result of that is. He shall be like a tree that is planted by rivers of waters. And the, the original Hebrew, it's, it's channels. It's not, the idea is it's not one river, it's streams. It's cha- How many like to be planted by a bunch of water? Yeah. A lot of water. Yeah. Anybody ever been in a dry and thirsty land? Seems like the psalmist wrote about that too. And he said, what did he do? He says, when I'm in a dry and thirsty land, I will go to the tabernacle and I will seek you. And I will find you under the wings of the cherubim. I will find you and you will be there. He is the fountainhead of all water and life. It flows from one source, but there are multiple streams. I am a multiple stream kind of guy. If you ever talk to John about things that I talk with pastors about, is I am a multiple stream, multiple sources. That's, that's the God that we serve. He shall be like a tree that is planted by rivers or channels of water, multiple sources. Notice what he says. He shall bear fruit in season and his leaves shall not wither. Prosperity shall be his portion. How many believe that sounds like the prescription for an amazing 2018? 
and an amazing... I, I can't tell you all the details. I can't tell you all the specific things that are going to happen in 2018. But I can tell you, if you seek God with all your heart, if you watch your influences, if you watch your associations, if you watch the patterns and practices of your life, if you adjust your attitude when it needs to be adjusted and you seek God, this is what's going to happen to you in 2018. You're going to be like a tree planted by multiple streams of water. Your leaves are not going to look all dry and crusty and, you know, and, and, and no, there'll not be a burn ban around your tree because there'll be so much water. And when it's the right time, you will bear fruit. Yes. Now, okay, so let me suggest a theme for you uh, in this new year. Uh, I've got a theme. Call it a New Year's resolution or whatever. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution you didn't keep? <laughs> Any honest Christians in the room? <laughs> yeah, most of them. Everybody say most of them. I'm on social media and Twitter and Instagram and all those places, and I, I don't know, are y'all stuff blowing up like about everybody's New Year resolution? Everybody's looking for a word for this and a word for that. And, and I'm one that don't often give words like just single words because I think most of us need more than a word, frankly. You know, most of us need a, a paragraph at least. A lot of us need a chapter, and some of us need the whole book. Am I right? We need like a whole new book. A word's not going to do but I do have a word because I, I get it, and I'm okay with it. A word's kind of like turning over a new leaf. It speaks of a clean break, something fresh, something new. And that's good, particularly if what you had hasn't worked out so well for you. Uh, so it's time. New Year's Eve, it's time for a resolution. Ten things I'm going to accomplish for the next year. And I've seen people like a list of more of this and less of that. And that's pretty cool. And I also read some crazy ones. I'm not even going to tell you some of them I read. It was like crazy and, you know, for, for that. So what if we, we kind of step away from that microwave mentality? You know, a lot of us want, we want a word because we want it like fast. You, you know, we, we want like this, uh, everything is instant. You know, we go to restaurants and it's like, if you don't get your lunch in 10 minutes, it's free. You know, uh, do they still do that around here? Am I kind of dating myself? I remember Pizza Hut at one point, it's like we have a 10 minute lunch guarantee. You come in, you get your lunch in 10 minutes or it's free. <laughs> I don't know that they ever got my lunch in 10 minutes, although I tried several times, you can tell. Um, everything's, yeah, it's, we're, convenience is king. We don't make anything from scratch, and we want the same from God. So a lot of times we come to the new year saying, God, give me a word, and I want you to fix a lifetime of craziness in like one miracle moment. And you know, and you know, come on, preacher, inspire me. And you got seven minutes to do it, like the clock's ticking. You got seven minutes left, or I want my money back. I mean, that's kind of the attitude that our culture. But can I tell you that when God is thinking about your life in success, He's not really thinking about as much giving you an opportunity as He's thinking about developing you. So this is the word that I, I got for the year. This is my word. This is Kath. We're, we're, we're like percolating on this word, and I hope it doesn't blow you. Are you ready to get really blown away theologically? Okay. This is our word, and I believe it could be a good word for you too. The word is grow. Grow. I, I don't know all the things that I'll accomplish in the, this coming year. I'm pretty much too tired to even try to list them and figure them out. Uh, I don't know the challenges that I'll walk through specifically, but I do know one thing. I'm going to be bigger at the end of the year. 
spiritually than I am right now. And I think if I just left the spiritual part off, that's a resolution most of us could keep, right? I'm going to be bigger. (laughs) Slam dunk on that one. Bring on the bread pudding, the ice cream. I can do that one. Now, I'm going to be stronger at the end of the year. I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know all that's going to happen. But I can tell you, mark it in your book, I'm going to be stronger at the end of the year than I am right now because I'm going to grow. I'm going to be more of a force to reckon with. I'm going to be bigger, badder. Because look out. Here I come. This is me. If you hadn't been to the new movie, you don't know what that means, but you'll figure it out. Go, by the way. The Greatest Showman's a great movie. So I'm going to challenge you. Stop thinking about what you're not, what you don't have, uh, what you aren't, and start determining that you're going to grow toward the person God wants you to be. How about that for a distilled New Year's resolution? Instead of 22 things that you know, 20 of them you're not going to... What if you just say, I I don't know. If you join with me and say, I don't know all the things that are going to happen in this coming year, but one thing I can determine is I'm going to be bigger, stronger, better at the end of the year than I was at the end of this year. By this time next year, I'm going to have moved from this spot. I'm not going to be the same person, and I'm going to be standing in the same place next year that I'm standing right now and I need a good amen for that. You think more money will do the trick? Honestly, you think more money, a new relationship, you think honestly that stuff on most people's New Year's resolution is going to put you in a better place? That stuff's not going to put you in a better place. I'll tell you what will put you in a better place is seeking God with all your heart. Being in a place where you're meditating on the Word of God and you're allowing the Holy Spirit because He'll grow you. I had this dear bishop friend that used to tell me back in the early days, he said, Phil, you're worried about too much stuff. He said, if you'll do His will, He'll do your work. God's not just interested in improving a better version of a broken you. That's not what the gospel is all about. The gospel is about a brand new you. It's about being a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to grow you from glory to glory as your faith is developed. I think that's a good word for this year. That's a good word. I'm going to grow in Christ. And you can do it because Christ is in you. And if you'll allow him to live his life in and through you, there is no telling what God will do with you in 2018. Amen. And that is a fact, Jack. I mean, do I have to? I mean, God doesn't. There's something about God. He don't tell you all the stuff he's going to do up front. And I I think the reason God doesn't tell us all the wonderful stuff He's going to do up front is because we tell somebody and He don't want everybody to know, especially the devil. The devil's not omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. He don't know everything. There's a lot of things the devil don't know about you if you don't tell him. And so the truth of the matter, if God told you everything He wanted to do this year, there's some things that is like only on a need-to-know basis. And we want to get a list and define the year. And maybe, the, maybe that's too complicated. Maybe that's why so many times our New Year's resolution become our first regrets of the new year. And that's not what God wants for you. As we stand here on this New Year's Eve and we begin to look into the new year, I want to challenge you to let God do what He wants to do. Don't put any restraints on Him. Try to not get in the way. That's the best coaching advice I can give you is just try to stay out of God's way. 
seek him with all your heart. Give your heart totally to him. Let the Christ in you live through you. And the Christ, you know he did create the universe, right? And say, well, I want to be more creative in 2018. Let Jesus live in you. You know, you can't get more creative than the creator. I've seen pictures of him. He was a creative. He wore robes and had long hair. You know what I'm saying? And a beard. He was a creative. He'd fit right in in Nashville. Right. He was, I mean, you can't, be more, you can't be more ingenious than God. He created a porcupine. Come on. A skunk. How creative is that? I would never have thought of that, y'all. Not in a million years. I would not have thought of that. It's like, how does, what was his inspiration? <laughs> like, what was your inspiration for the skunk? I don't know. Ah. Beyond me. So he dwells in you. And so I could say it this way. Everything you need in 2018 is already inside of you. Just waiting for you to discover it. Waiting for you to allow. Just, and that's why the seeking God is the key is because that's the linchpin. That's the gate. That's what opens the valve. And it opens that flow of, what God, of his godness that's already inside of you. I'm not saying you're a God. I'm saying God lives in you if you know Jesus. We're sons of God. In that way, we are sons of God because we have now been infected by the virus of godness, the good virus of godness. We have been infected by that. And so, okay. Um, but I got, some, I got some good news and bad news. So I must tell you that as we think about this new word for the new year, that going into the new year means you've got to let go of some of the stuff from last year. Some of the stuff that didn't work out as good as you'd hoped. Some of the stuff that uh, that you failed at. Some of the anybody have any failures last year? Mm-hmm. I'm sipping that like it's a good latte. It's actually just water, but yeah. it's the cup thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, to get a hold of what God wants for you, you got to let go of some stuff. You know, I learned a lot of leadership lessons from watching circuses, right? I mean, the trapeze, you know. So what you've done might have gotten you to the platform. But think about it. If, if we use that metaphorically, it, it puts you on a high platform in front of a lot of people in a Speedo. But I, I have learned, <laughs> I have learned though that when that bar swings toward you, you don't have forever to make up your mind what you're going to do. In other words, that bar that represents going into the future that God's taking you into, you got to be willing to get a hold of that bar and and swing. Somebody say swing. You got to be willing to swing. Get get off the platform. I mean, that got you there, but it's not going to get you there. And so you've got to be willing to get a hold of the bar and trust God. And and often, if you notice in certain circles of trapezes, there's converging bars. Right? One represents what's taking you to the next level. One represents where you've come from. And those bars intersect, but they only intersect for a moment. And there's a window of opportunity. And you don't have forever to make up your mind whether you're going to let go of what got you here to get a hold of what's going to take you there. That's pretty good preaching for a young guy. Like extemporaneous, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty good. Maybe not totally extemporaneous. but So in our New Year's resolutions, uh, we have to be willing to let go of some junk. So if you're going to get on with this, you've got to get over that. 
And that's why you want to finish the year with a good round of repentance at the cross and just receive a fresh taste of the blood of Jesus, right? And remember that it's not about you always being evaluated. A lot of times we come into the presence of God and we want to be perfect enough for God to give us the good things He wants for us. But if you study the Old Testament economy, which was types and shadows of all the New Testament stuff, and if you don't have a background on that, it's good to study it and kind of understand it. But you know when the worshiper brought the lamb? It wasn't the worshiper that was examined. It was the lamb. It was always what the good thing God was going to do for the worshiper was never about the worshiper. It was about the lamb. If the sacrifice was good enough, then the worshiper received the blessing. Are you all in the room with me? We come to God, right, and say, God, examine me. Did I do everything right? Did I live up to all expectations? Did I check all the boxes? And it was never about you because on your best day, you're not going to impress God good enough to give you a 2018 blessing. It's not about that. It was about the sacrifice. But how many believe that the sacrifice we bring, if we bring Jesus is always perfect. It's always enough. It's always good enough. God's always impressed with that lamb. So as we finish the year, let go of some of that stuff. Let the blood of the lamb bring the sacrifice of God and realize that all that stuff is gone and it's in the past. Get over it. Somebody say, get over it. And so I'm going to distill all these good intentions and all these resolutions into one Word that overlaps every area of your life, and that's grow. Grow. What about growing in your faith? And don't worry if your faith is being tested because as the great uh, preacher Adrian Rogers always said, a faith that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. So don't, don't gauge God's ability based on the testing of your faith, but what if you determine that next year, at the end of the year, your faith's going to be stronger than it is today? I love what April said about giving, right? Where you just challenge yourself and you say, look, okay, I'm okay, God, you better come through. God's okay with that because guess what? He will come through. And then you, when he does, you say, okay, I can trust you, God. I see that, that I can depend on you. Grow in your, somebody say grow in faith. You can do that simply by your practices and your patterns. And then what about growing your commitment? Make a decision that nobody can outcommit you. They might can outperform you, but they can't outcommit you. So a lot of times if we can't perform at the highest level, we won't commit at any level. What if you made a decision to commit and nobody can outdo you with that? That's your decision, right? Make the decision, nobody. Commit to serve. Commit to get involved. Get off the bleachers and get in the game. I might not could run the fastest, I might, but I can be a player on the field. Somebody put me in the game. I'll do something. I'll do something. Get up and get out there. Work hard. Volunteer. Make a difference. There are a few things that you can do to challenge yourself. And it simply starts with the decision to make a commitment. What about growing in your giving, your time, your talent, and your treasure? Did you know giving consistently always makes the list of the must-dos for the most successful people in the world, whether they're believers or not? Most of them, if you look at the list of what's gotten them where they are, they will say at some point in that list, being generous and giving. So what if you just committed to be the most generous person you could? What about it? What if you committed to say, God, money will not be God in my life in 2018? Because money is one of the few things in our life that masquerades itself as God. It'll talk to you. Can I get an amen? Anybody ever have a $100 bill talk to you? It'll, it'll speak. 
They'll say, pull that hundred out. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? Don't you know you need that? And they'll tell you all the things. I can do this for you, and I can do that. And you could that new sweater you've been, you know, it promised you like Santa Claus. That money. No, money is not God. God is God. That's why the scripture says you can't serve God and money. You have to, it's not, it doesn't say you can't have a lot of money. It just says you can't serve them both. And if you let one, it will try to be God over the other. But God is God alone. Make a commitment in your giving. It will hum, it, hum, do it this way. Decide you're going to humiliate your money. Humble your money by proving that it's not God. Hey, Amen. That's pretty good. Thank y'all. That's good. <laughs> okay, so let me finish, uh, wrap this up by saying this is the way God thinks of you. When God thinks of success, He's thinking of fruitfulness. He seldom thinks opportunity. Stand with me, would you? He thinks, he doesn't think about opportunity. We're thinking, God, open that door. God said, what door? Which door? God's thinking more about development. He's thinking plant a seed. It takes faith to plant a seed. I'm not talking about money now. I'm just talking about to plant a seed of love. To plant a seed of compassion, to plant it takes faith to do that. It takes faith. You, you sowed a seed by coming to church this morning. You were investing something, and you know, in the economy of God and in ge- not geography, but in agriculture. I mean, there's seed time and then harvest. The Bible talks about that, and I think the time in between. I, I wrote about this a few years ago. The time in between is what I call the death of faith. It doesn't mean that faith dies in that time. It means that something in me dies through faith. It's like when I sow that seed because I'm sowing part of myself, it feels like a loss. I mean, sometimes when we write that check in our in, in offering time, there's there's that moment where it feels like, man, I just what did I just do? That's the time part. The seed is when we act. The time is when we're waiting for that seed to come alive. Seed time and then harvest. But that's how God thinks about success. God's idea is simple. Sow, harvest, repeat. (laughs) Sow, harvest, repeat. You say, is that biblical? Yeah, did you know God used all kinds of agricultural metaphors? It's all over the scripture. He called Israel a grapevine, a fig tree, and an olive tree. Our passage today says the righteous will be like a tree planted by channels of water. Jesus said the kingdom's like a sower who went forth to sow. The word is called the incorruptible seed. Jesus said that Jesus was called by Paul the seed to whom the promise was made. Jesus calls himself a seed who had to be planted through death. Jesus said in John, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The first man ever created heard God's command. And the first family to populate the earth after the flood got the first command. Be fruitful and multiply. So that's my word for the hills in 2018. It's grow. That's my word for the church. That's my word for you. Grow. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. How do you do it? All you have to do is position yourself. Seek God with all your heart. Watch your influencers. Watch your patterns and practices. Watch your attitudes. If you'll do that and see God with all your heart, then what's already inside of you will release the fountain of God's future in your life and you will experience God in a way in 2018 you've never experienced before. Amen. Let's pray together.
Lord, I'm asking you, Father, right now as we come to this moment in the service. If you're here today and you say, Brother Brasco, I need to make a fresh start. I, I need to do more than just... The truth is, it's more than just an attitude with me. I need to decide for Jesus today. I, I need to make this new year my year of commitment. I don't just need a new chapter. I need a new life. If that's you and you're here today, would you slip your hand up? I'm looking, but no one else is. I see that hand. Anyone else? I want to have a fresh start with the Lord today. Anyone else? A brand new you. Not a better version of a broken me. No, I need something brand new. Anyone else in this room? More hands going up. Yes. I want to pray this prayer with you. Listen, all of us who are believers have prayed this prayer at one time or another. Pray this prayer with me right now. And I want the whole crowd to do it with your mouth. The Bible says we believe with our heart, but confession is made with our mouth. I want you to say these words out. Lord Jesus, today, it's all you. No more me. I can't do it right. I can't do it good enough. But I trust you as the ultimate sacrifice. I receive you today as my life and my hope. I believe that you died for my sins, that you were buried, and that three days later you rose again. I declare that you are my Savior, and I will make you my Lord. And I receive a fresh start in you right now. In Jesus' name. And everyone in this room, pray this prayer with me. Lord, make 2018 our best year ever as you live your life through me. I commit and I resolve that I am going to let go and grow. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise today. God bless you.